Thanks for joining us for this Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network, the voice of Minnesota agriculture. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Congress narrowly averted a government shutdown over the weekend, passing a continuing resolution to fund the government until mid-November. The 2018 Farm Bill also expired over the weekend, although most programs are funded through the end of 2023. First District Congressman Brad Finstead spoke with the Linder Farm Network's Linda Brecky shortly before the government shutdown was avoided. Joining us here on the Linder Farm Network, Minnesota First District Congressman Brad Finstead, a member of the House Ag Committee. And Congressman Finstead, what steps are needed at this point for a farm bill? And it looks like we're talking by the end of the year. Yeah, so as we uh, look, uh, you know, in the next few days, the current farm bill will expire. Uh, however, the funding remains, uh, remains through the end of the year. So we do have a, a couple months here to hammer out the final details on the farm bill. Um, but first and foremost, we got to get uh, the appropriations, the spending bills uh, through Congress and, and uh, have this, uh, you know, continuing resolution or uh, government shutdown debate behind us. So in the next couple of days, if we can address that, that will hopefully open up the runway for us to start moving the farm bill. Uh, and, you know, the, the work hasn't stopped. We've continued uh, as a committee and as members traveling all over the, the states and country and our districts to make sure that we're still very much in tune of, you know, where our farmers at right now, where our rural communities at, what are the needs that we have to make sure we get right in this farm bill. So uh, we feel comfortable that we have, uh, you know, done a, a good job of listening, but also making sure that we're prepared to get, you know, get to the table, get our sleeves rolled up and really just hammer out the farm bill here. Once that runway is clear for us in regards to the uh, couple of short-term hurdles that we have to work through. And having talked to a lot of farmers and farm group representatives, what do you feel are some of the, the key points, some of those major priorities for Minnesota farmers? Yeah, so this is this is great. I mean, rarely in Congress do we not operate in some sort of uh, crisis scenario, but the, the farm bill is one where the 2018 farm bill was a pretty good farm bill. So what I'm hearing from folks is, you know, first and foremost, don't don't screw that up because it's been working pretty well. And then look at opportunities to tweak some of the programs to make them a little bit more of the time. So, you know, crop insurance is a huge component of the farm bill that has been such a great, strong risk management tool. Farmers are telling us to protect that, make sure that we can make some enhancements to, uh, you know, even make that stronger. There is a, uh, a also concern that the ARC uh, and PLC reference prices are, you know, antiquated and, and really irrelevant to the uh, current situation that we live in in regards to the input costs and the the, uh, the the market price that we're getting for corn and soybeans right now. So taking a look at that and seeing if we can make any adjustments there. And and then also just looking at kind of the, the rural uh, totality of the farm bill and how we're looking at things like rural development, uh, community facilities, funding hospitals, nursing homes, fire stations, police stations, that infrastructure component that the uh, farm bill uh, does so well with to to make sure that we can strengthen that and provide more tools for our rural communities to access uh, you know these programs. So we're we're feeling good that uh, you know we have opportunities to again tweak the edges on some of those programs that really make it more user friendly and more uh, more available to folks all over rural America. Do you think there there could be a legislative solution for pork 
producers dealing with uh, the impact of Proposition 12 or the situation in Massachusetts and in concerns that this could spread to other states? Well, I think it has to be a legislative solution. Uh, the Supreme Court pretty much told us that, you know, in specific to Prop 12. They, uh, you know, the Supreme Court showed their showed their cards and said, we feel that this is a legislative fix in the need or in the making. And so we, we look to address that in the Farm Bill. Um, obviously, it's very dangerous when we have one state deciding ag policy for the rest of the country. Prop 12 has the makings to be one of the most uh, devastating pro-consolidation in the pork industry that we have seen in, in my lifetime. Uh, it, it hurts the family farm. It hurts the small mom-and-pop operations. It, uh, it's, just, it, it, it's just not the way we as a country need to move forward in regards to ag policy, letting one state dictate the terms. And, and you know, Prop 12 is more than just the pork industry because really it's a signal that, you know, one state can carve out something that they might don't like or don't understand and use political science to really dictate the terms and how we operate our farms in southern Minnesota. So we're going to use the Farm Bill as a vehicle to address that, and, and I'm open to any and other, you know, any, any ways possible that, that we can move something legislatively to make sure that we kind of draw a line in the sand and say no more of this. And the push and the mandates to replace fossil fuel and the electric push on the state level and on the national level, anything le- that can be done legislatively to uh, give uh, give people more options. Well, we want to make sure we continue to strengthen the biofuels industry however we can. I mean, I, I talk to, you know, my friends, neighbors, and family in southern Minnesota all the time, and, and we're very comfortable trusting our farmers and our neighbors to produce our energy versus folks that we don't know, we don't see, and quite frankly, might not like us. I, I would rather rely on a farmer in southern Minnesota to give me some biofuels than someone in Venezuela. Uh, to provide the oil and the and the uh, energy sources that we need, and so that that needs to be uh, really uh, projected in the legislation that we do, uh, whether it's the farm bill or other pieces of legislation. We need to keep propping up and advancing America-made energy sources. Biofuels is at the center of that, and then on top of that, we have to be intellectually honest with ourselves and say, if we're going to go down this path of a complete electric vehicle mandate, we are in essence ending the biofuels industry. We are, in essence, ending the corn and soy-based biofuels uh, opportunities and really the market opportunities that we've been able to grow right here in our backyard. And, And on top of that, we have to be intellectually honest and ask ourselves, if we go down this road of the electric vehicle economy that some want in this country, we are exporting or actually importing all of those critical minerals from, in some cases, countries and communities that don't like us. So if we're going to mine silver, lithium, nickel, uh, copper from mines in the Congo that are owned by the Communist Party of China, uh, and that is our only option to make these electric vehicles, we really have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? And so, uh, you know, I hope people are able to maybe take a step back and take a look at, uh, at all of the options instead of mandating just one technology and one option. I think consumers want, want a lot of options. And Biofuels has over and over again proved to be an option that customers and consumers like. And I know you brought up one time, too, that they're not solar farms. They're solar plants. They're not a farm, which is a good point. That's right. I mean, you know, we we have lent the good name of farmers to do a lot of these policies that, in essence, hurt us on the farm. 
You look at some of the most productive farmland that now is tied up in these uh, solar power plants. Uh, these are these are every time an acre is taken out of production, that is opportunity lost for our young and beginning farmers. Every acre taken out of production is an is a couple acres that we give to the global economy. Brazil is clearing forests and adding two, three, four acres a time uh, versus the one that we're taking out of production. So uh, it really comes back to as a country, we have to be clear that food security is national security. And that food security is provided by some of the greatest folks that we have in this country, and that is our farmers. And we also have been hearing concerns from dairy farmers. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things straighten out and, and they're able to get some better prices here to keep going in Minnesota and other states. Yeah, dairy has been such a strong uh, cornerstone uh, economic uh, driver in the state of Minnesota and the upper Midwest that that we have to make sure that we are uh, using common sense with dairy policy, that we are not pitting regions against each other in dairy policy. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, again, what, what is the USDA doing? Uh, what is our federal government doing to be proactive and thinking about the next 20 years of that industry versus reacting to, you know, maybe some spot, spot and time type uh, issues that we face? And, so it's my hope that we start having a conversation about the future of dairy industry in this country and its importance to our rural communities. Congressman Finstead, any other uh, topics that we should cover as long as I have you on the phone this morning? Well, I, I appreciate uh, uh, what we've been able to talk about. And just uh, I, I would say the, the, the news from Congress will be uh, fluid and fast and furious here in the next uh, 48 to 72 hours. Minnesota 1st District Congressman Brad Finstead. Thanks for joining us. Find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com and tune into your local LFN affiliate for the latest in farm news, weather, and market analysis.